From the historic core in downtown Los Angeles, I'm Scott Williams, and you're listening to Paper House, opinions and stories about life in DTLA. In this episode, I sat with Jacob at one of downtown LA's oldest private clubs to discuss his life in downtown and his thought-provoking opinions on poverty and racism from growing up in Zimbabwe. I'm a resident of downtown. Uh, My wife and I moved here in November of last year. So we've been here for about 13 or 14 months. What brought you to downtown LA? You know, we kind of wanted to give it a try. We had lived in Pasadena and then we moved out to the suburbs. And we had spent a lot of time down here, you know, at various restaurants and at the athletic club. And it kind of intrigued us and we wanted to give it a try. So you found the nightlife appealing to you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we also liked the, uh, the style of apartments. We'd always wanted to live in a loft. And we were pleasantly surprised about the, uh, the variety uh, and the relative affordability. Where'd you move from? Uh, so we moved from Laverne, 50 miles east of L.A., and where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Zimbabwe, originally. So what do you think of the, the lifestyle in downtown LA now that you've been living here for two years? I'd, I think I would have to say that overall, we still very, very much enjoy it. We're enjoying our apartment. We're enjoying being close to work, which is a huge thing, having lived out in the suburbs, just having that time in your day. Um, do, you, do you drive a lot? living in downtown? No, which is a stupid thing because we have two cars from when we lived out in the suburbs and I'd say we maybe take them out uh, three or four times in a month. So we walk we walk pretty much everywhere. Uh, my wife takes the subway to work. Do you feel that uh, downtown LA is changing rapidly from when you first moved here? No, I, I wouldn't say that I've, I've noticed a, a rapid change. I'd say more of a kind of progressive change. Um, for the better or for the worse? I guess it would depend in what uh, kind of sphere you're talking about. I would say in terms of a nightlife, uh, definitely better. That seems to be getting better uh, almost on a daily, daily basis in terms of both the number of places and the variety of places. I don't know if the functional side of LA is actually getting worse or if we've just kind of got over the honeymoon phase with it. But we have two dogs, which we have to take out multiple times a day. Uh, as I said to you before, we, we walk to quite a few places and you know we commute and we've noticed that there are some issues. With walking your dog or with the homeless? Both. I mean, I think the two, the two kind of, I, I, the fact that we have dogs, um, it's really not a big deal. A lot of people have dogs, but what it does mean is that you have to spend I think a considerable period of time on the street on the street and in a functional way you know not just walking between a bar you know you're actually you've got the dogs with you and you're trying to get somewhere you know it's not uh, downtown is very uh, dog friendly Um, I think it just you know it puts us in contact with a lot of the issues did you move here knowing that downtown had a homeless issue Um, yes we tried to, uh, you know, we did our research. Uh, and as I said before, we both spent time down here visiting, but you, but visiting spent, and working. Right, but you um, weren't spending time in Skid Row. No, no. 
So were you familiar with the impact of the homeless downtown before you moved here, or were you surprised when you moved in? I wouldn't say surprised. I think we may have been a bit naive to it. I think we may have underestimated how, how frequently you come in contact with that particular issue downtown. Are these meetings pleasant, or are you somewhat always on guard? I would have to say overall, we're actually pleasantly surprised, given the number of people that you see versus the frequency of incidents that we've had. It's kind of unbelievable how it's visible and it's, it's very pervasive, but for the most part, people just let you get on with your day. You know, we've had a couple of incidents, which I think anyone who's lived down here for a period of time probably has had. Could you talk about one? Sure. Uh, there's been a couple, uh, two most notable, th actually three in the last six months or so. Uh, the first incident was we were walking our dogs. We were just about, we were about 20 yards away from our building and a guy was pretty disheveled, uh, came up behind us on a bicycle and yelled at my wife and threatened that to run, that he was gonna run her over if she didn't get out the way. So I turned around to him and said, you know, as politely as I could, definitely try not to be confrontational, but I just said, excuse me, sir, would you mind riding your bicycle on the street where you should be riding your bicycle instead of on the sidewalk? In retrospect, I probably shouldn't have said anything, uh, but this is my family and this is my wife. So, he then got very confrontational, physically prevented us from getting in our building for a period of about five or 10 minutes. Thankfully, my wife kind of got over to the side uh, and I was the one confronting him, uh, but he completely blocked the sidewalk with his bike uh, and was yelling and screaming at us uh, for a period of time. Um, so, you know, that was a little bit unnerving. Uh, it was a learning experience for me because I probably, I probably shouldn't have engaged. And how do, are you certain that the guy was homeless? I mean, how, how I guess, how certain can you be? Um, Maybe he was a, just a drunk college student. He was not a drunk college student. Uh, he was mid-40s, um, very disheveled. Uh, you know, not just in the hipster, your clothes look disheveled, um, but hair, you know, uh, uh, personal hygiene, uh, those kind of things, and I'm not saying that means it was a, it means it was a homeless person, um, but if I had to guess, that it, that would have been my guess. You know, we've tried to uh, keep the bigger picture in mind here, and I, when we moved here, we we realized that there may be some incidents like this. It was difficult, you know, it did put us on edge. We did have a discussion about obviously not engaging with these kind of people. We have, you know, this and the other two incidents that we've experienced. We have also tried to be very constructive about it uh, instead of just complaining or kind of hiding in our apartment. Um, we, in this, with this particular incident, we spoke to our building uh, security and asked if they could possibly have a presence outside of the building. Instead or, of inside, like most of the buildings in downtown. Yeah, so we've got two gates leading into our building and the security guy is, is behind both of those gates. Nothing that's happening outside of the building is visible to him. Um, Do you find a need to engage with the homeless that you see on a regular basis? Do you no. give them money? Do you, do you believe in panhandling? Do you think it should be illegal? I don't 
I don't really have an opinion on the legal status of it. Personally, that's I've, I've never done that. I've You've never, never, I've never engaged in that. If someone asks you for money, you don't do it. No, and I that's even from, if it's a face that you are familiar with. See on a regular basis. The reason, I mean, that's just a personal preference. I'm not saying. I don't necessarily believe whether it's right or wrong for people to engage in it. That's just the way I was raised. You know, I was raised in a place where there are a lot of people panhandling, asking you for money. Um, in what country were you raised in? In Zimbabwe. So born and raised there. So you came from a country with a lot of racial tension, a lot of economic diversity. Uh, yeah, diversity would be a, uh, a nice word for it. Um, um, decay would be what I would call it. Do you think there's a link between, say, racism and being homeless? You mean like, are people racist towards... Are people racist towards homeless people? Because the majority of the homeless people are minorities. Sure. Do you feel that there's racism there? I think there's racism everywhere. Right, but um, you come from right. a country that's riddled with racism and hatred yeah in different ways um you know systemic the place that i'm from uh systemic racism hatred kind of comes and goes uh with the political tides to, more to your question i think that i think that if someone is is racist then a homeless person is a very easy target for them because i think a lot about american culture dehumanizes homeless people and so if you dehumanize a race anyway, it's kind of like a cherry on top if they're a minority. Or if they're a homeless, you know, if they're a minority and they're a homeless person. Do you encounter that on the street? No. No, I've never seen that. I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I would say the interactions, the negative interactions I see between people who are homeless and people who aren't is more of a... I think it's, there's an economic basis to it. I think it's this idea that someone who's living on the street didn't work as hard as you, or they've chosen to be there, or, you know, it's, it's all those, uh, those kind of opinions tied to the American dream. And if you wanted it, you would have had it right. kind of thing. Um, and then there's interactions where I think people are, are genuinely concerned for their safety. Do you, um, feel, do you feel safe downtown by yourself? By myself, absolutely. Uh, Does your wife feel safe by herself? No. When she's out walking the dogs? No. Um, that's kind of, and that, I guess that leads into the, the sec second and third issues that we've had. I mean, does she walk the dogs by herself? She does. Yeah, because again... At a certain time period, or mm -hmm. do you feel that you need to be there as well? Uh, so again, we decided that kind of whatever happened to us down here, we were going to just live our lives and we have our schedules with work and things like that. And so she takes the dogs out in the morning and we walk them together in the evening. So why wouldn't you want to live in Santa Monica where you could walk your dog on the beach? I mean, there's a couple of, uh, there's a couple of practical answers to that and a couple of philosophical answers to that. Practically, it's way more expensive. Philosophically, I don't think we've ever wanted to, to gate ourselves up in a place it's very, I mean, it's very easy to do that. And actually you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to live in Santa Monica to do that. You can go somewhere else that's a lot more affordable uh, and effectively put a wall around yourself. And I, you know, I think we're young and we're open-minded uh, and we, you know, we, 
we don't want to resign ourselves to that. Right. Would um, you, do you see yourself in the future maybe starting a family in downtown? Things would have to change considerably for us to start a family downtown. Um, you mean downtown or your personal life? Uh, downtown would have to change. What would you see the change? What would have to change for you in order to feel safe and secure that you'd want to raise a family here? I think that uh, I think the city would have to make some fundamental changes in both its appearance and the people, the people that are creating, that are responsible for creating an unsafe environment. And that's not. I'm not putting a label and saying that's that's just homeless people. I mean, there's all kinds of people. Uh, wandering around downtown that create an unsafe environment and it's a drunk frat it's a drunk frat kid uh, as much as it is a homeless person or it's a guy who's who's dealing drugs you know whether he's got a home or not the cleanliness issue is, is a big thing for us um, I mean we worry about it enough with our dogs there's no way I would let a kid right uh, around. walk around down here so yeah, I think it's, it's those two issues. I think it's a security issue and it's a, it's a cleanliness issue. Do you have an opinion about how to resolve the homeless issue? Yeah, um, I do have some opinions. Again, they're just my own. I think what needs to happen, I mean, it's very cliche to say that a, a city has an identity crisis. Uh, but I think when you're talking about the homeless situation downtown, the city, it's not willing to get on one side or another of this specific issue. Um, but what would you do specifically to, yeah. to make a difference? Yeah, so they've declared a state of emergency when it comes to homeless people. They're also talking about $100 million in the budget for next year to you know, direct towards the specific problem. My understanding of that policy is that it's, it's going to be to create more housing. It's going to be a combination of affordable housing and uh, both building new shelters and making sure that there's enough money to keep the current shelters open. Uh, I fully agree with everything about that. Uh, I think when you have 25,000 homeless people in a city, the very first thing you need to do is start thinking about how you can put a roof over their head. But one of the issues that the city doesn't really seem to be engaging in, at least openly in the public discourse, is population of homeless people that are either not going to be eligible for these types of housing or will actively choose not to be in there. Mm -hmm. um, but do you think there are people that live homeless that live downtown that actually want to be homeless? They love living on the street. They love having no rules. They love having to pay no taxes. Mm. The they, no rules and no taxes thing, I think we'd all like that. But, um, they, but live by their own code. They Yeah, so... You know, I lived in London for three years, and you, I mean, you would have to look for a homeless person. It's like finding a rare animal in the wild. And I spoke to a lot of people there about that situation, and they said, listen, if you, if you want to be homeless as a lifestyle here, you have to try your hardest. You have to evade the authorities because they will pick you up and put you in a house. Um, but there were still homeless people there. So there are... I think it's a really small minority, um, but there are a there's a certain type of person that, like you said, likes the freedom, likes the lack of structure. More to your question, I would say no. I think it's, it's ignorant to say that people would want to be homeless. I think it's more accurate to say that 
people want to engage in activities that make them ineligible for various other types of housing. You know, it's no surprise that there's one is a personal choice, one is not, but it falls into two distinct categories. You know, one of the issues here is mental mental health, and the other issue is substance abuse. And often it's hard to to figure out what's when you see a person freaking out, for example. Right. You don't know if they're, whether, you know, they've had a coming mental down health. for something or exactly. Mentally. But either way, it's going to make them ineligible. You know, a shelter is not going to take someone like that because they're disruptive and they're dangerous. And I mean, you find me a politician that's gonna be able to uh, justify putting someone who's either uh, disruptively mentally ill or heavily addicted to some kind of substance in subsidized housing. You know, again, it makes them ineligible for that as well. So rather than people choosing to be homeless, I think it's people are choosing to engage in activities which which just make them ineligible. Um, and one last question before I maybe have to run. Yeah. Gentrification. Yeah. What are your opinions about that? It's a big topic in downtown. It is. I mean, we can even in your neighborhood we have Grand Central Market. Do you think it's? Uh, you think it pushes out the minorities that have taken residence? Do you think it's a natural way of life? I would say that, you know that. The term gentrification has a lot of different definitions. People understand it in different ways. I think that the way a lot of people understand it, the people that are critical of it, see it as a specialty cupcake store coming in and replacing a homeless shelter or subsidized housing. I don't like to think of it in that in those extreme terms. You know, I my career has been in finance, and I, I'm a free market economy guy. So, so let's take Grand Central for instance. Yeah. So I believe. Yeah. Sorry, carry do on. you do you approve of what's happening at Grand Central Market? Do you um, like the changes that are going on there? I think first of all, I would have to admit that I didn't know what Grand Central Market was like five or ten years ago. Um, you know, my experience with it has been really since it's been gentrified. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're a frequent visitor of Egg Slut, is that what you say? Uh, no, no, because the line's too long. But. Um, <laughs> But listen, I, I think that when you, when you start talking about gentrification, you can't dissociate it from free market economics. And when an area becomes nicer for whatever reason, um, you're going to have uh, an increase in the average income of the people that live there, and they're going to want certain things to I, fit their lifestyle. Right. And I don't, I don't believe that has to be happening in a bubble. I think that there's absolutely ways that you can incorporate various forms of social support within that structure. In fact, it should be easier because there's more money in the pot to start off with. Uh, the other thing about gentrification is that one of the issues that I've noticed downtown, uh, this is just a personal opinion, is that a lot of the businesses that are down here are not invested in the well-being of downtown for two reasons. I think most of the time they're owned by people who don't live down here. Second of all, a lot of them make a lot of money offering products and services to low-income people. And I think any attempt that they would try and make to make an area nicer would effectively be driving out their clientele. So it's kind of an incentives thing, right? They're disincentivized to make the area a nicer community 
because of a specific economic reason, which is that if it becomes a nicer place to live, they may in fact be driving out some of their some of their clientele. But are you concerned about the rising cost of rents and parking? Absolutely. I, so will you be one of the ones affected by gentrification? Absolutely. Even though you are a gentrifier? I would, I don't, I'm not a gent, I mean, I don't understand how I would be defined as a gentrifier. I live down here, I'm a member of the community here. Yeah, but you're paying a higher rent than people did five years ago. That doesn't make me a You're contributing to... The person, that raised, the person the, that raised my rent is a gentrifier. I'm not a gentrifier for living here. I'm just a member of this community that could afford to live here. That doesn't make me a gentrifier. Um, but I, I should say that I am in favor of um, nicer businesses owned by people that actually live down here that, right. that have an incentive to keep the area nice. And people would say that you you are being a gentrifier. I'm a supporter, I guess if you want to talk about that specific issue, you know, again, I don't want to associate myself with a lot of the different notions of what gentrification is. But if you want to talk about gentrification under the definition of uh, let's bring nicer, more socially engaged businesses that are actually invested in this community in, into downtown, then I'm gentrification all the way. Um, but, you know, the, the issue of rising rents, things like that, if our rent goes up four or five hundred more dollars a month, we can't afford to live down here. Um, so so you, you would be priced out of what you help build? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to be careful of saying that I helped build it. Um, I'm a participant in the community down here. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't uh, own a business here. Um, but you do pay rent here. I pay you rent, You yeah. support the local yeah. businesses. Um, yeah, I'm a, we're, we're sitting in this beautiful club that you're a member of. We are. Um, um, and I don't... One of the things I had to say to my wife recently is that, you know, everyone's got a sob story. Everyone likes the, the rags to riches thing. Uh, but in my life, this is the most I've had. Um, and I'm very thankful for that. You know, the fact that I can live in a loft, um, that I can live close to the place that, that me and my wife work, the fact that we can have dogs, um, the fact that I can be a member of this club, uh, it's all, don't take it for granted. Let's go back to living in downtown LA. Do you have a unique perspective as a result of growing up in Zimbabwe with extreme racism and abject poverty? I think yes and no. I think yes, because I feel that there could be more cooperation both across socioeconomic boundaries and racial boundaries. Because even though I grew up in a, in a very segregated society, people found ways to make it work. And if you can find ways to make it work there, you, you should be able to find ways to make it work here. And I feel like if people could just get over some of their 
uh, preconceived notions or their prejudice and deal with the situation as it is, then, you know, that would make it a lot easier. The, the no side of it is that the homelessness that I experienced in Zimbabwe is based, was based almost entirely around uh, need. So someone uh, had their home destroyed or taken away or they couldn't afford to live there anymore. So I don't have a great deal of experience or understanding of the various substance abuse and mental health issues that would drive people into homelessness. Do you feel compassion towards these people here in the U.S. that have these issues? Absolutely. Uh, you'd be a terrible But you person. said earlier that you wouldn't engage in panhandling, but if you saw someone on the street that was in dire need, would you help them? Uh, yeah. The reason, I guess I didn't explain this to you fully, it's not that I just, I don't engage in panhandling because I would prefer to use that money to donate to charitable organizations that structurally help these people. Right, but if you saw someone on the street that was physically and visibly just distraught yeah. and, and begging, would you help them? In, um, your, in your own community, in downtown, would you help them? I have, I mean, we have, but handing them a dollar or five dollars is not helping them. You know, on more than one occasion, I think maybe three or four occasions, uh, we've come across someone who is, like you said, distraught or running around in traffic or, or physically dangerous to themselves or others. And I've personally called 911 and stayed there until so either the police or an ambulance showed up. That's not taking the moral high ground, that's just what you do as a member of a community. Right. You know, if I live in Santa Monica and I see a drunk college kid, like, passed out in a gutter or, or, or doing himself harm, I'm not going to hand him five bucks. You know, whether he needs it or not, that's not the help he needs in that specific situation. And I, I genuinely do believe that an organization whose sole purpose it is to help these kind of people has thought about more and varied ways to help someone than they would be able to help themselves with a dollar in their hand. You know, so I would rather give a dollar or five dollars or more to an organization whose sole purpose it is to look at this both at an interpersonal level but also on a more structural, you know, community-wide level. So yeah, sorry, I should have clarified that, is it's basically taking money that I would give to panhandlers and, and more to a more structural way of dealing with the problem. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I'm not naive. I, I believe that obviously a lot of that money is wasted and a lot of the time it's not going to get to the, the specific person I see on the street. But I truly believe, and this is the way I was raised, is that... Um, making yourself feel better momentarily by handing a dollar to someone on the street, you're more of a problem than you are a solution.